Here we are again. It's Moped Outlaws time. That means it's Monday. Yes. Greg's almost over his cold. I sure hope so, because it's been going for over a week now. Yeah. But um, I am Wednesday. I had my butt kicked Wednesday. I was in bed. It's not COVID, COVID everyone. Yeah. Good. Awesome. I'm so glad. So let's keep in mind that, you know, there are colds, there are flus, people get sick, which leads us into our theme, committing to be a better me. Right. There's so many layers to that. There's health, but there's behavioral ones too. Yeah. Yep. And then mental. And there's kind of a thing like, you're always the best you you can be, other, but just by the way it is. Just that's just it. Like nobody's well, running around trying to be a shitty me. They're all doing their know. best. That's a great question. I don't know. I can say, like today, even I'm pondering. I don't think I'm doing my best. Okay. So you're committed to being better. Right. Yeah. The thing I was doing was kind of an existential game, which is that, you know, by virtue of the fact that you're whatever level you're at, that's your best because anything else you, otherwise you'd be doing, you'd be doing it better. Right. And there's even in course of miracles, which you and I are both fond of, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I can say that. Okay. So, uh, you know, it says the thing to do is nothing. There's nothing for you to do. And comparing yourself to others and trying to establish that you're doing better or doing better than you ought to be, or aren't doing what you ought to be. Right. So part of my, what I'm comparing myself to is the imagined me in my mind. Like there's a, there's a me that I'm aware of that I'm not living up to that I believe can be lived. Yeah. It's, it's aspirational, right? You have this sense of betterness doing better and it's across a bunch of different levels. It's physical fitness, it's mental fitness and health, and it's how we show up, how we behave. Right. And those are a reflection of how we're consciously entering into relationship with ourselves, habits, disciplines, practices, things like that. So for 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 my from my point of view, I've got a much more consistent practice going. Like not only am I doing my morning qigong and meditation stuff now, but I'm all my journaling is getting done right on time. And it's funny because I set reminders on my phone and I don't know how I did it, but I'm literally 
like the the pings for my phone to to go to journaling are going off just as I'm finishing the other thing. And I just nailed exactly how long it takes for me to do my morning practices and stuff. And then after journaling, there's my um, initiates path homework, which includes the Course in Miracles, right? And all of it's just like flowing every day now. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. And I have to. I'm at this point. You know, I um, I had a health scare. So that that was my gift. So do you think that's been the impetus that has... Well, I knew before. Well, see, that's what I mean, though. Knowing didn't change your life. Well, it did, though, because I, I, was, doing, I was doing a lot more of those practices than before. But now oh, I'm doing even just, better. You, what you just said to me is you had a 24-hour experience that changed your life. So, yeah, I was doing better, doing better. Three months go by. There's some incremental. You had a 24-hour experience, and now things have jumped to a whole new level. Right. That's true. That is the truth. Yeah. I just was watching Equator 2 last night, and um, it's actually a good movie. I'd never seen it from beginning to end. But he has I don't this even one know what line. this movie is. It's uh, Denzel Washington, and he, there's it's an action movie. He's a badass. Equator you know, two. Ex, equalizer. I'm sorry. Did uh, I say oh, equalizer? Okay, good. Equalizer two. Equator two is a coffee. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's another so, thing I'm I'm doing that I'm not doing. Uh, so anyway, but he said there's two kinds of pain: the kind that hurts and the kind that changes you. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, in a way, I think we're touching on, like, that 24-hour experience you had is the kind of pain that changes you. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I want to say that I agree with the premise you're making, and I didn't experience any pain. Right. But what you did experience is emotional pain, I'd say. And pain is semantics. But what I believe is for 24 hours, your reality was challenged. And, and how? No question. Yeah. Yeah. So in that period, like you could say that's a painful experience to have one's reality challenged. Yeah. And I want to just be clear. I was under no pain. It was, it was the exact opposite. What I experienced was actually weirdly relief, but it be, made me think because there was this stuff that happened that was completely out of my control. I had no control over it. I wasn't in pain. I didn't feel scared. Like it was just this moment where this whole new opportunity opened up before me and it was just right. stupid not to jump on the, the bandwagon to move forward to the next level. So that is so interesting. So part of, cause I was talking with uh, Robin this morning, my daughter, and I asked her like, to be a better me, what do you think I need to do? Cause I've given pondering this. So, and she had a real great answer. She said, well, what did you like to do as a kid? I love that. I think that's really helpful. Play more, get more exercise. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with and, that. 
Yeah. And also like, I was like, oh yeah, I liked acting and pretending. Yeah. You know, that riding our bikes. Oh, riding our bikes and skateboarding and yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm pondering that like, Hmm, I might have to make some serious shifts in my life. And I've also been thinking about, um, one of our friends who's the um, D.O. What's that? Doctor of Othnio. I would have been able to say it if you hadn't started saying it wrong. And fucked it up. Anyway, so there's a lot of scientific medical data. Osteopath. Osteopath. All right. So there's a lot of medical and scientific data coming out about one's emotional vibe and the heart intelligence and like our vibrations and that they are influenced by those around us. And we influence those around us. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And that film, I mean, I think we've talked about this before the film. I am talks about that when he goes to the center for the studies of heart coherence and they do this thing where they actually measure the, electromagnetic output of the heart. So as we're getting into this place, a lot of us around new year's do this. Like we want to have the, the, the better result, which is basically about having feeling better about ourselves. Right. And being able to create the things we want to create that do that. Now, a lot of people refer to them in terms of the term resolutions. And I think at our meeting on Monday, we decided let's avoid that kind of thing because that everybody's talking about what are resolutions, right? But I think that the feeling, the desire to have a new possibility emerge, it's pretty universal, even if you're already like, swinging for the, the, the home run line. If you're like, you got eight pack abs and you're, you're killing it financially and you got a great relationship and children and all the things, there's still a level beyond that for us to grow into. And that's, I think is a really sweet thing about life is the realization when we reflect on where we are, no matter where that is, there's always a new possibility for us to create things are perfect. And there's a possibility for me to do more, right? Things are good the way they are. Yeah, and, and I guess that's part, like I'm just thinking of someone like Jeff Bezos and everything you just said, he's got, you know, he's got the eight pack. He's fucking financially off the planet. Literally, um, he's got a smoking hot girlfriend. And if that trait is a human trait, that there's always the impetus to fulfill oneself better. Like I was just saying earlier, I imagine a better me that's plausible to live. And So part of it is character traits and decisions like what is better, you know, you said the words fulfill a better self, right? 
And there's, there's something in there that I think is interesting because a piece of this has to do with ego. And I think it's actually important to dismantle that piece because there's something else there that's more valuable to us as individuals and to our collective culture. So when we get past the kind of egoic pieces of our appearance of how we appear to others, what like we, we just nailed it. Like I said, I said six packs and money and all those things, which are, you know, what we use to validate our value. Right. But the truth is the, the, the deeper piece isn't about any of that. It's about our relationship to ourselves and how we feel about ourselves and then how we show up in relationship with others. So we have, we, we do this thing where winter, the, you know, especially in the Northern hemisphere, we come to this place of self-reflection where we look at ourselves and we, we assess like, where do I want to be? What do I want to have going better and, and how, and then we get to the why, And I think that's where the ego either comes in or doesn't come in because if the why is about how we look to other people or the way that we um, measure ourselves against some kind of social construct of what it means to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, then we get trapped in that comparison thing again. But when we actually self-reflect about what we want for ourselves there's a deeper place to go to. Right. And for me, I'll just be really obvious and, and explicit here. I'm, I need to lose weight and I'm, and it's not a significant, it's a significant amount. It's not like we're not talking 25 pounds here. And the byproduct of that desire might be that I look more acceptable or attractive to my partner or to other people. But the ultimate source of the desire is And the power that comes through when I need to do the things I need to do to do that and have the the willpower to to avoid certain things and then to actually engage in certain things is because of how I want to feel physically, right? How I want to experience my reality in the sense of, you know, being able to walk further up the hill or, you know, bend over easier or all of the things that get in my way about being heavy, So that actually feels like a much better motivator for me because it's about my own experience. It's not about my value as a, to someone else. And that's the podcast. Well, one of the questions we had when we our meeting Monday was, what are we distracting ourselves from? Right. Yeah. So this thing with your weight, I've known you to be a big man the whole time I've known you. Yeah, but the definition of what that meant was different, I think, when we were in our 20s. Like in our 20s, I maybe was five, seven, eight pounds overweight, right? But I still had that same, it feels exactly the same. My self-judgment feels exactly the same as it did then. See, that's what I'm wondering is, 
like you've talked to me about with money and the thermostat and unless I'm able to change my inner thermostat in regards to finances, it's always going to reset at what I believe mm-hmm. my financial value set is. Point. My set point, right. That seems if that's real, then that's real for everything. So even with your weight, part of what you're transforming is your idea of who you are. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's not just changing a habit. It's becoming a different person. Right. And are you willing to become a different person? Not only am I willing, I'm avidly seeking out all of the paths that lead me there. Because remember, I think it was last podcast you talked about people who are in this spiritual vortex and it just whirls around and there's nothing really there. It just doesn't have any roots and depth to it. Mm -hmm. So that can happen with weight and body image where, you know, all these diet plans and all this change of food and apps and everything. But there's no real transformation unless, and that's kind of the piece where I think you were just referring to earlier with ego and that piece that's deeper, like something deeper. And for me, like I go into this shadow, this sort of dark void where I'm like, there's nothing there. Well, there's, a reason we distract ourselves, and there's usually a kind of dual reason there. One is whatever we have to face about ourselves that we're confronting in desiring a personal transformation is there. And then there's the idea of just pleasure being a distraction and and not having to do any hard work, not having to engage in the activities that will change the dynamic. So, you know, one could say that it's physical and that what I need to do is physical in terms of how to shed the weight I want to shed. But the reality is it's actually emotional, right? And I have to clear the emotional things that have me wanting to distract myself with food pleasure, right? Because my body will ultimately use the calories I give it. And if I give it too many, then I'm going to continue to store it. Now there's other issues here, but I think in the framework of why we distract ourselves and how that impacts our ability to become the person we want to become, there's this thing called the cybernetic mechanism in our, our brains that has us, keeps us in our comfort zone. Now the problem with that comfort zone is that if you're fat like me, that's not the place to stay. And so when you start to get outside of that, there's all of these triggers that can happen that have you resort to the old behavior. And so being confronted with that difficult self-assessment can cause emotional difficulty. And then that can be the, the impetus or the excuse, depending on you're looking at it for the, uh, you know, the, um, distracting behavior. Now food's just one aspect of it. Like I could, I could, I used to distract myself a bunch of other ways. Right. And I've been slowly whittling them down and I noticed why, you know, what happened for me? Like there was a point where I was actually at my goal weight for almost a year 
And then um, I started slipping back into my old distractions to try and navigate the emotional work that I didn't want to do to try and suppress the emotions. And that's, it's ultimately, you know, comfort food is about numbing. Alcohol is about numbing, you know, even, you know, emotional distance is about money, numbing, not having to get money. <laughs> um, but, and I just want to say though, there is the ability to have pleasure in like a great chocolate truffle. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have those things or that, you know, that can't even be part of a, a healing journey around food. Right. Like I think the rock has a great physical regime in his life. He seems to be, and he's, broadcast his cheat nights where there's chocolate chip cookies and piles of waffles and whipped cream and all sorts of stuff. And he's got a physical regime that is tight. Yeah. So what I've done in the last six days is I've upped my game there. But in terms of like, if we were to look at it as a spectrum of where I need to be in order to achieve the result I'm getting at, I'm not outputting that at that level yet on a consistently on a daily basis. But what I am making is my 30 minutes a day goal, right? And so what I've got is 30 minutes a day consistently for the last 60 days of, you know, walking or biking. And the next thing is I'm ordering my jump rope. So I'm going to do two I'm going to do a thing in the morning and a thing in the afternoon. All right. So you wanted some accountability in that? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm joking when I say that sort of. I hear you. (laughs) We're laughing. (laughs) So yes. Is that a yes? um, Yes. Episode episode 31. I'll have ordered my. You'll my have jump a rope. jump rope. Yeah, you'll have a Amazon. jump rope. Not just ordered. You'll have it in hand. I will. I'll find a way to make that happen. Seven days. Yeah, that's nothing. I should have it long before then. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. And so now we need an accountability element that if you don't have it, you got to create the graphics for episode 32. Oh, God. Yeah. In some ways, recreating the graphics would be easy. Like, but I hear you. Like, what I'm saying is I don't actually have an aversion to creating the graphics. So that it's, but I get it. Your your own God didn't, wasn't like, okay. You were like, oh, that's an easy out. Your response was, oh, God. I thought this was going to be about us, not about me. It was. It is about us. <laughs> I suddenly feel, I feel very exposed. Well, you're fucking on the accountability pinnacle. I am. And, I'm, and you know I'm what's happy. interesting? I'm crying tears um, of joy right now. <laughs> I will say, like, this is part of what brings up is 
I had agreed to have a website done for community reusables that I'm in partnership with Molly. Yeah. I didn't have it done. And I got sick and I kept saying, I fucking was sick. She's like, I don't care. You said you'd have it done. There was a deadline. (laughs) And she's right. And part of what I'm thinking about with Robin is maybe I'm not committed to community reusables in a partnership way. Because if we were making a movie, I'd fucking have it done. Wouldn't care, you know? Well, I think this brings up an important point. Like there's a point at which healing from sickness is a reasonable thing to delay a project. And there's a point at which it isn't right. And so here's, I don't agree with your partner about, with about it's the passions. It's the passions. If you're passionate about something, you do it. Well, the thing is the cold and the cough didn't stop you from being consciously awake and clicking your keyboard. So you could have done it. It actually did. I went to bed. Right. All right. But that's part of it. And I do. Okay. Like, and we're not done with uh, the accountability and the jump rope. Don't worry. No, I accept your accountability. Like we're going to, it's seven days to get it. And then, then we're going to talk about how often I do it. All I'm right. have to talk about that and bore our listeners with my jump roping schedule, but I'm well, sure it'll come up. We'll know, like, yeah, by episode 31. Yeah, if I need a second knee brace that I've, that I've probably started jump roping. Well, you better own a jump rope. You better show it to the camera. Here it is, right here. Okay. Otherwise, you're making graphics for episode 32. You mean 20? All right. Yeah, done deal. 32. I agree. All right. So, um, yeah, cause we're talking about community reusables. Oh, being sick, the passion. Well, you were saying that you felt like you were, that you were oh, oh, called out correctly by your partner. Yeah. No, here's, here's a couple of days ago. I realized <laughs> that I'm addicted to video games. And when that thought flashed through my mind, because I've been pondering, like, a better me, what is it? (coughs) And when that (coughs) thought, (coughs) excuse me, I need a cough button. Um, (coughs) I just realized I have a cough button. Duh. Everyone's yelling at me. Zoom has mute, Wilker, you fuck nut. <laughs> so anyway. I didn't um, think you could hear my thoughts. <laughs> well, there was all the people inside there yelling in unison. Um, so when that thought hit my brain, I'm addicted to video games. I felt this panic. It was split second, you know, microsecond of life. But I was like, oh, that's real. All right. Yeah. So I'm assessing that. Well, that's a that's a fucking weak thing, assessing that. All right. So I'll have some accountability. You know what I you by the way, you have a mute button. Um <laughs> for those of you holding up my middle finger. <laughs> 
what occurred to me was it'd be great if you could put like a lockbox on your video game player and you had to put money in it every time you wanted to play so that at the end of the day, like, or the end of the week, every time you played, you'd have saved a little money. I think it's just stop doing it. Cause with the two devices, I, well, I use three devices, my phone, iPad and my desktop computer. Yeah. So these are the things that we distract ourselves with. Video games, food. Yeah. Some people use weed, alcohol, sex, sex, politics. Like people distract themselves with physical activity. Well, you know, yeah. Some people use physical health to avoid things. Right. Because it's, that's actually a good thing. Ultimately. Well, it's still a distraction, you know, but if, it's if not thing, a good thing. If you say to your partner, oh, I really can't talk about it right now. I'm going to go work out. And that just keeps happening. Keeps right. happening. I agree. You, I agree. Right. So, yeah. So, um, all right. Video so do you need games. some accountability around video games, uh, Greg? Be wise. I don't think I need it, but I'm for it. What does it mean to be addicted? <coughs> Fucking mute button is so far away. And I, I guess I could do it like this. Are you hearing me fine right now? Yeah. All right. What does it mean? To Hi, be addicted? people. What does it mean to be addicted? It means doing it to the detriment of other things important to me in life. Okay. Say more about impulse control. What do you mean? Have you ever done a 12-step program? I've attended some Al-Anon stuff. Right. So what's the first step? I don't know. It's been so long. Admitting we're powerless over this thing. So addiction means you don't have the ability to govern yourself about it. All right. So I don't believe that's true. I do believe I have the ability to govern myself. I just haven't acted on it. Okay. Ultimately, there's a book called A Million Tiny Little Pieces, which is about this absolutely about this discussion. There's a guy who says he he quits heavy duty alcohol and drug abuse, cold turkey. He doesn't use the 12 step method. He won't go to the 12 step meetings and he just quits and he quits really successfully for a long period of time. And he ends up writing this killer book and then he gets um, Oprah Winfrey brings him on her show and, and does has him, his book be part of the Oprah book club. And then people find out that he relapsed and that he was full of shit. And so there was this huge backlash about the idea that he did it without, you know, any, but he did, he did it for a long time. And I think there's a, a really potent thing. There's this moment where you just decide this isn't happening anymore. And what happens after that is some people can stick to that and some people can't. And so people who can't, they need accountability. And that's what NA and AA and, and, you know, all these things are. Yes, I agree that um, 
that reminds me of Devil's Advocate, that movie with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. Do you ever mm-hmm. see that? I think I've seen it a couple times. Yeah, so, I love that. How at much. the very end, you know, he just goes right back into it after everything he had been through and finally freed himself. And he just goes right back into it. And the devil turns to the camera like, that's what I love about human beings. You know, they're just so fucking easy. Yeah. 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 So here we are. You and everyone listening, we're on the cusp of a new possibility for ourselves. The question is, what do you want and what are you willing to do to make it happen? Who are you willing to become in order to shift that reality. What distractions are you willing to give up? How uncomfortable are you willing to be to get there? Right. Staring at that video game. Staring at the wall and it's far too big. I'll be staring at the wall and it smells like a pig. Those are the lyrics that he's referring to from a band that uh, Greg and I used to belong to called Death Jester, which uh, was a death metal parody band that actually predated the most famous one. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. I don't know. Didn't Spinal Tap come out in like 80? No, we beat them. We were like a year and a half ahead of them and then they came out. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Because I remember feeling really disappointed when I saw them. I'm going, oh, well, someone's already done it. <laughs> did you go to the show that they did at the Warfield? Oh, I think so. I, I barely remember like the end big bottom with all the bases coming out. Yeah, you were there all, and all the girls from the O'Farrell Club. Yep. That was awesome. That was yeah. such a good show. That yep. was so fun. Yep. Back when being a rock star was still considered um, reasonable behavior. And their tweaker folk band opened for him. Remember that? No. Their hit album, Break Like the Wind. Oh, that's right. Now I remember. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Well... Feels like we covered this subject, huh, Greg? Recording stopped.